Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of Power Women in Insurance. Today, guys, we are so far ahead in this recording. I'm super excited. So many women for us to talk to. Today is February 18th. It is Friday. That's what I like to call it. It's Friday in the insurance industry. And I'm going to have probably one of the most fun, inspirational conversations that I think I have had, not necessarily in a long time because I have a lot of them, but one that I'm really, really, really super excited about. I have Crystal Fox with us today. She's out of Rochester, Indiana, and she is the beauty queen of insurance. And that's exactly what her brand is, Beauty Queen Insurance. She is doing an amazing job and I cannot wait for you to hear how she has tapped into her history, her entrepreneurial spirit and her mojo to be able to rock the insurance industry. So Crystal, I'm so pumped to talk to you today. How are you? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That intro was amazing. I really appreciate being here. You invited me on. I just, I I think if anybody would have told me three years ago, I would be on a podcast, a be a podcast of women and insurance. I'd say, I think you have the wrong person. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for inviting me on. And yeah, it's been an incredible journey. Well, thank you. You know, I found you on LinkedIn and I found you because you have such a tight message. You have such a niche industry that I love. Not only is it the fact that you're in insurance, but you're in beauty in insurance. So tell me about your journey because a lot of people go into insurance and they may niche into something, but they don't like make it a brand around themselves. Right. I mean, they don't really tend to take it to that level. And I love the fact that you've really taken it to that level rather than played it small in that, in that commercial niching type environment. So tell us a little bit about how you got into insurance, how you've decided to be able to go into this and tell us how you got here. Okay. So it's very serendipitous how everything came together. I was in the beauty industry for 15 years before becoming a licensed agent. I started at Sephora. So I went to college, graduated with a Uh, communications degree and certificate in journalism. And I had a real job doing advertising. And then Sephora, the first Sephora was opening in Indiana. And I said, I have to work there. I I love beauty. I love Sephora. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So every time I spent so much money there, it's just insane. Every time my mom and I, before we had Sephora's in Indiana, we would go to Chicago and I would spend hours there. Like, do you remember when they had like the catalog and you would look through and I would circle everything that I wanted to look at when we were there and I would be there for hours. But so the first of four was opening and I said, I have to somehow work there. And I started part-time and I kind of told the manager, Hey, if anything full-time opens, please let me know. And eventually it did. And I quit my full-time job and I told my mom and she said, how are you going to make rent? I said, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. This is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> typical mom, typical mom comment. Yeah. She was so worried about 
financial stuff, you know, so those little details like eating, you know, moving back in with her, you know, I mean, (laughs) having heat, those things. Um, And I said, I don't know. I know. I said, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. So, and that just really launched me into a bunch of great opportunities in the beauty industry. I started at Sephora and then Nordstrom. I did some TV segments. I really done great freelance opportunities. I've been to Smashbox Studios, worked on some collections, nice. and I still I still love new collaborations and tips and tricks. I am there. Sign me up. I will listen. I will follow. I love it all. And what I did before becoming a licensed agent was I worked for Tarte Cosmetics. They're in mm-hmm. Ulta, Sephora, Macy's. And I was with Tarte for about seven years. I had the whole state of Indiana. I was the account coordinator. And I would travel to all the Sephora's, Ulta's, Macy's and sell and execute events and train and educate employees. And I really, really loved it. It was my passion and I got to meet new people and do makeup. I mean, what more could you ask for? What else is there, right? (laughs) And then, um, like I said, it was very serendipitous because in December of 2019, I kind of said, you know, I'm happy, but I want something different still in the beauty industry but a different perspective of things, just something different. Mm -hmm. And I actually Mm -hmm. met with someone over LinkedIn to update my resume. I hadn't updated my resume for seven or eight years because I had been with Tarte and I knew I needed some help with formatting and things were different now and the way that it was styled. So I met with someone over LinkedIn. She was amazing. And we finished about January, 2020, had my resume updated, loved it, was very happy with it. And then I still wasn't pushed to really aggressively look for anything. If I found something on Indeed or LinkedIn, I would apply. But that's why I also wanted right. my resume updated because I wanted to be able to see that opportunity and immediately apply. I didn't want to have to say, oh, I'm interested in this, but I need to update my resume or I need to change anything. I wanted to instantly be able to say, oh, I found this. I'm interested and email it to whoever needs to be emailed to. Yep. So January of 2020, you know, I'm still looking, not super um, heavy into looking. I haven't been pushed to look yet. And then obviously (laughs) we know what happens in March of 2020. COVID happened. Life changes for everybody. Everybody changed. Yep. Everything changed. uh, Yeah. And it was so foreign to everybody and scary. Mm -hmm. You didn't know. And also we thought it was going to last like two weeks, a month. You know, we thought, oh, okay, well, we'll quarantine for two weeks, work from home, And then after two weeks, everything will be better. And obviously we know that's not what happened. And Tarte did the best they could. We worked from home. And after a month or so of working from home, they did what they had to do. And when your job is to travel and do makeup and sell makeup and go to different stores and you can't travel, the stores aren't open. No one wants you in their face doing makeup. No one's wearing makeup because- Face issues. You can't do a makeup with a mask on, right? I mean, you can't put makeup on somebody when they have a mask on. Yeah, it's hard to shade match someone when you can't see their face. So, (laughs) (laughs) so um, you know, Tarte made that decision, and they furloughed about ninety percent of the team. And I totally understood that decision. Um, It was scary, of course, but I also just said, you know, I'm not going to be scared of this. And I kind of said a little prayer and let the universe handle it. I said, I know the universe will put me where I need to be when I need to be there with the right opportunity. And I'll say yes to anything that comes up. 
And like I said, you know, it was, I was already looking and now's the chance to try something new. And I put it out there, didn't let it worry me, didn't lose sleep over it too much anyway. And <laughs> I even did like a vision board and just kind of said, I here's what it. I would like, here's yes. my ideas. And I still want beauty and I still have that vision board. And I just, it was fun. It was just like, here's who I am. Here's what I want put out in the universe and don't worry about it. Don't stress. Mm-hmm. And not long after that, my father-in-law and um, drum roll. <laughs> yeah. So, and then not long after that, my father-in-law who, I mean, I really had jackpot with the in-laws because my father-in-law, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, they're all so amazing. He stops by the house one day and he says, Crystal, I was just in town paying my life insurance at the Smith Sawyer and Smith agency. And I was talking to my agent and her name's Kendra, which Kendra is still here. And without her, I would not be sitting here today talking to you. Um, he said, here's Kendra's card. They said that they are starting a program and I dropped her name, told her your background and here's her information. And I remember having three distinct thoughts. The first one is thank you so much, but I don't know anything about insurance. The (laughs) second one was I deeply respect my father-in-law. And if he thinks this is something I should pursue an opportunity, then I owe it to him to at least try. And the third one is if I'm furloughed, I have nothing to lose with tart. And if it works out great, if it doesn't, well, I might have to start interviewing again anyway. So this is a great way to get my feet wet with the interviewing process because I hadn't interviewed in eight years. So I had a few thoughts. And at, I think an hour later, I said, I should just do it. I should just email Kendra, send her my resume. I have it updated. I'm proud of it and see what happens. I have nothing to lose at this point. So I emailed Kendra and like, I, I remember it was on a Wednesday, which is really weird that I remember the day of the week. Um, but I remember because the next day I was supposed to see my mom who lives two hours south of me and we were supposed to go out of town. And so Wednesday afternoon, I email Kendra. I say, here's my resume. Here's who I am. If you feel like I'm a good fit for your office, please let me know. And I thought, well, there's no way I'll hear from her until Monday. I don't have insurance experience. She's going to look at my resume. It's all makeup. She's going to say, what are you doing? Like, why are you applying? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but she does respond really quickly. And she says she's forwarding the email or the email on my resume on and someone would be in touch. And I'm thinking it'll be Monday. Like it's a Wednesday afternoon. I'm right. not a priority. And I get a call and it was a number I didn't know, but I had an idea of who it was. And it ended up being my now boss, Ryan. And he just leaves a quick message. Hey, I, I have your resume. I'd like to talk to you. And I just call him back. We have a quick conversation and he invites me in. He says, well, when can you come in for kind of a pre-interview vetting? So you understand what we're looking for and who we're looking for. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to go out of town tomorrow. He said, can you come tomorrow morning? And I'm like, oh my goodness. So hold on, hold on, hold on. You submitted your resume on Wednesday. You had an interview on Thursday? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I said, well, I'll be out of town. I'll be back Monday. He said, well, what about tomorrow morning? And I'm like, okay, I'll be there. What time? What time? I can make this work. So we interviewed and for that first interview, um, he tells me about the program that they were developing and they have put into place that at this time um, called NBIG, National Builders Insurance Group. 
and focusing on contractors, um, the, they ensure those who build America. So plumbers, retail hardware stores, contractors, construction workers, that kind of um, business. And I said, okay, you know, I can, I'm great at sales. That's what I've done. And I might not know the insurance aspect of it, but I'm interested in this. This is something that I could run with. And it wasn't in place yet. And then long story short, so I interviewed and asked the agency at Smith Sawyer Smith, it's a group interview for your second interview. So everyone at the agency is in the conference room and- Wow, that would be intimidating. It was. Everybody? (laughs) And of course, everybody here. And depending on the day, there's a good 15 to 20 people. And so you usually have like your first vetting. And then after that, it's a group interview. And of course, it's not formal, but it's also- intimidating because here are these people looking at you and you're giving your life story and kind of saying, here's why you should hire me. And so long story short, I started in claims, which was a great crash course into insurance. And as I'm in claims and I'm getting an understanding of the agency and the policies and really everything that we write, I noticed there weren't a lot of beauty policies. No, Mm. I didn't really see spas, maybe a few hair salons, And I think we had a claim for a hair salon that was broken into. And that kind of got my mind to like, well, how come I haven't seen other policies for beauty? And not that you don't, you know, so I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. And so I went up to Ryan's office and I said, hey, do we insure med spas? And he kind of looked at me and kind of like, we can, like, why are you asking? And I just kind of said, well, I've been in the beauty industry for 15 years. I know a lot of spa owners, hairstylists, estheticians, permanent makeup artists. Like, I just don't see a lot of policies here for them. And you know, when you look at somebody and they kind of look at you and they have a look of, you can almost literally see like the wheels spinning in their brain. (laughs) I was like, okay. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, hmm, let's stick a pin in this. He said, tell you what, you get the information, we get the data that we would need get the policies, ask for policies, get carriers, find, you know, some similarities and everything and kind of just do the research on this and follow up with me. Okay. So I ran with it. And like I said, I knew a lot of people in the industry. And at first it was scary because asking for a policy at that time was really scary to me. Just like you, when you started the podcast, asking people to be on it's kind of scary, you know? Yeah. So, so I, the first couple people I asked, of course, I said, here's what I'm doing. I said, I want to create this division of insurance specifically for the beauty industry. I want to be your advocate. I know your services. I understand your services. I understand what a microblading brow is. I understand the difference of like Botox and fillers. And like, I understand your business and I want to create this division to be your advocate but I need your help. And I said, can you send me your policy? I'm not trying at that point, of course, I'm not trying to sell a policy, redo their policy, BOR policy. At that point, I'm just like, I just need your help. Like anything that you can send your policy, your deck pages, just because I don't know the limits and I don't know what carriers we need or what to look Mm -hmm. for. And of course, everyone said, yes, absolutely. And please, we need you. We need someone like you that is relatable easy to talk to who knows the services and can help us if we have a question, like someone who's there for us. 
So that was really encouraging to here I have this idea and everyone that I talked to in the industry from spa owners to permanent makeup artists to hairstylists, they're all so supportive and encouraging. So I'm like, okay, I think this could be something. And I collect that data. Of course, I collect some statistics of everyone zooming in 2020 and no one likes the way they look. So the projects for um, Botox services and filler services, like those services are projected to increase. And I had all this data. So I follow up with Ryan and I say, okay, here's what I found. Here's some common carriers. Here's the policies and the limits and pretty diverse services. And he basically said, okay, do it. Wow. Yeah. So you're starting up a whole division that your insurance agency that you're working for doesn't even have in existence at this point. Correct. And you are fairly new because you, how long, how many months have you been with the agency at that point? About two. Two months. Two months. And, but I love, I love the fact and what I'm hearing. So, and you know, I'm an agency owner, right? Small agency owner here in the Dallas area. What I'm hearing though is that you approached him. You came up with the idea. He encouraged you to do the research and then he let you do it. You ran with it. You got the data. You asked the hard questions. You came to him with a full on, you know, plan overall. And Mm -hmm. you tapped into your entrepreneurial spirit to go build something that you, like nobody's holding your hand to be able to do this. And you're only two months into yeah. the industry that for me, yeah. I got to say that for me is phenomenal. That is like every business owner's dream. I have to tell you that right now. He probably, when you say the wheels were turning, he was literally going, Oh my gosh, I love you. And how do I not hug you from across the table right now? <laughs> I mean, because those are the people that we sit back and we say, we would pour everything into people who want to run with that because that is where people find something that they're joyful in, that they're happy to do. They bring on great clients and they create a great niche because they, they combine their passion and the ability to protect it. And I Mm -hmm. love that you took the initiative to step up and do that. That took a lot of guts. He could see my passion. He knew obviously my resume, my background. He knew my passion. And as I was talking about this, he could see and feel that passion come out of me. Yeah. So yeah, he said, he basically said, do it. And like you said, no one was holding my hand. It hadn't really been done before here in the agency or, and I didn't have anyone to ask because it really hadn't been done before. And I just kind of had this start somewhere. So I had to come up with a name. Like he's, basically says, that sounds great. Do it. And it's like, well, we're, <laughs> I didn't know where to start. There wasn't an instruction manual of how to build right. a division of insurance. So I just said, all right. And I had to come up with a name and that, that took a week or so. Cause obviously I wanted it to encompass the whole beauty industry. Yeah. I didn't want it yeah. just to say, you know, med spas or day spas or microblading or aesthetics. I wanted it to be encompassing for the whole beauty professional industry. And then also it had, you know, I had to come up with business cards and marketing and social media. And it was, it was a lot. And I was still in claims at this point as well. So I'm doing, so you're claims. working in claims and you're developing, developing this all yes. kind of simultaneously. It's not like they go, okay, well then you go spend your day 24 hours a day, just creating whatever it is that you want to create on your own time. And we're just going to pay your bills. Right. So no, no. you had, to, you had to be able to do this like 
on your own while you're doing your job. And I mean, a lot of it would be after hours. I would yeah. look at the blogs or suggestions of day spa owners that said, Hey, this will help you out or look here. Here's this link or after hours, but I was passionate about it and I love it. And I still work after hours and I still love looking on Instagram and social media and looking at businesses and how I can help them. So when you're passionate about it, you know, it just doesn't feel like work. (laughs) It oozes, right? It's your, it's your passion, right? It's something you want to do. So then I came up with a name and I think I was driving home from work or the gym or somewhere. And in my mind, I'm like beauty. Okay. Do I want it to be a play on words? How do I want it? I want it to be obvious that it's going to focus on beauty, but how do I make it cute, make it fun, make it relatable to somebody in that industry? And I think this, it, I kept saying beauty, beauty, and like beauty queen popped up and I'm like, hmm, beauty queen, beauty queen insurance. Okay. I like that. And then I went to Ryan the next day. I said, I think I have a name. And I told him and we kind of looked it up to make sure it wasn't taken or registered or, you know, the website and the website was still available. So he bought it right there and we're still working on the website. And from then, okay, I have a name. Okay. Now I guess I need business cards and <laughs> oh my goodness, like figuring out that design and the colors and going back and forth with the printing company that we used. and. It was hard because I had an idea in my mind and then they would come back with, here's the mock-up and it'd be completely opposite or not meeting my expectations. Right. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have in 30 days. That's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. So, so how did you handle that? Because I think sometimes when women hire somebody to do something, we rely on their, their expertise. Right. And I know for me, I sit back and I go, that wasn't what I had in my head that maybe that wasn't what I asked for me. And then I'll start saying things like to myself, well, maybe I didn't ask, maybe I didn't really express myself clear enough. Maybe I, and I start putting it on me and Sometimes I don't want to tell them, and I'm super guilty of this, that I didn't like what they came up with. And I'll be like, oh, that's great. I'll pay them, whatever. And then I move on to the next one, right? Because it just wasn't what I wanted. And I I know sometimes for me, standing up for myself for what I want in a branding and business environment sometimes can be hard. 
How did you deal with it that? Was, it was really hard. And like you just said, you know, I thought in my mind, I had explained this down to the detail of how yes. I wanted it to look, uh, the colors and the font and the layout. I thought in my mind, I did a really good job of explaining it. And then they would send it back. And I'm like, you did everything opposite of what I asked you to do. Yes. So, so it was hard at first, but I also said, no, this is my baby. This is my business. Mm -hmm. I'm creating this. If it's not something that sparks joy, when I look at it, if I don't look at my business card, if they send me something and I'm not like, oh my gosh, this is the one I have to speak up. And there is a kind of double standard there where if you're a guy and you speak up and you say, I don't like it, then you're respected and you show dominance and all those things. And then if you do, if you're a woman and you speak up and you say, I don't like it, well, then you're difficult to work with and you're somebody labeled as something else. So I just kind of had to swallow that and say, you know, I was very tactful about it. I wasn't ever rude or aggressive, but there's a way to be tactful. And I just kind of had some examples of like, well, here's kind of more of what I was thinking. And if you can add this and do this, and finally we find a a commonality, we found a layout and colors. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they sent it to me. And I'm like, yes, this is the one, like you just know when it's the one. And I saw it and I'm like, yep, this is it. And there were a couple of things I'm like, can you move this down or add this word or change this? But I knew it and I loved it. And that's the one that we went with. So now we have business cards and a couple other marketing things. And then now it's like, okay, now I have to come up with some promotional stuff. So I had a little bag that I had with my flyer in there, a hair tie that I had like beauty queen insurance imprinted on. Nice. Some chocolate, just so... It was appealing and it was pink and it was glittery. And when I was prospecting, I needed something instead of just like a business card and me. I wanted something I could hand off that was appealing. So it's a clear cellophane bag and it has just kind of an eight by 10 of like, here's my bio, here's my background and my business card, hair tie and some chocolate in there. And my mind was like, well, even if they don't look at my bio, my business card, they have to open it to eat the chocolate. So I really was like, well, I have nothing to lose by putting chocolate in there. And I would prospect and I would hand stuff out and meet people. And that was scary at first because you're afraid people are going to shoo you out. And why are you here? You're bothering me. But when you go in and you explain who you are and you're instantly relatable, they remember you and they might not need your services at that time, but at renewal, they might say, oh yeah, somebody somebody did stop by. I have her business card and I had magnet business cards so they could put it on their refrigerator. And, you know, then they might not have needed my services that day, but at renewal, they'll remember me. So then it was not only that, but creating social pages, Facebook, Instagram, really getting my LinkedIn profile up to date and promoting that. And I'm not great at social media personally, like as my personal pages, I didn't even have a Facebook page. I had an Instagram page, but I didn't even right. have a personal Facebook page. So that was for me, a undertaking is figuring out Facebook. When you have a, I had to create a personal page because you have to have a personal page to create yep. a business. Page. True. So that was quite an undertaking. And um, it was hard because people would refer and request me and I would not acknowledge anybody. Cause I'm like, I really don't want a Facebook page, but for a business perspective, Facebook, Facebook groups, I mean, would not be where I am without it for sure. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, social and I have kind of all these pieces. I have the marketing, the promotional, the social media pieces, all kind of coming together. 
And then people reach out and I had boosted a couple posts and people started calling. And from there, it has just, I like, I can't believe how it has spread referrals. Facebook groups have been phenomenal. And we have, we can write in all 50 States and we're in 10 States already. Nice. And it hasn't even been a year. It's insane. And wow. my, yeah, I, I mean, of course I would think like Indiana, maybe Ohio, Kentucky in our little region, but we're in Hawaii, California, Maine, Florida soon, Texas. I mean, we're hoping to get 50 states by the end of the year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And how, and, and, you know, I think that a lot of people, when they get into these types of situations, they do think that it is going to be door knocking. They think it's going to be heavy, but you're saying that you've really capitalized on social media. You've also capitalized on word of mouth is what I'm hearing yeah. that maybe, you know, because I know that, and I, I can't remember if you mentioned this in the very beginning or not, but you come from a family that has been in beauty for multiple generations ish, oh right? God, like yeah. your, your aunts, your parents, your, you know, so, mm -hmm. and that's, that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. There is a, um, there's a business coach out there, Cassidy Arabelli, who works with agency owners who comes the same thing. She comes from a family of salon owners and like her, you know, I think her grandparents and her parents and, and then she went into beauty schools. So she went to college, she decided to work at beauty schools. And I find that that's true that, that, that oh, there's a lot of people who get into beauty in a family style type situation. And then maybe sister has a salon or does something out in California or something. And they really talk. That is very oh interesting. Yeah. Well, and even though it is a big community of beauty professionals, it's still a small family. Yes. So yeah. even if I worked with somebody 15 years ago, I still might be in touch with her or like kind of that six degrees of separation where like everyone mm -hmm. knows everyone. Um, but like you mentioned beauty schools. So the other uh, idea that I had was as I'm working on all this and prospecting and I'm getting uh, new submissions and new business, a lot of them were recent graduates for beauty schools and they didn't know they needed insurance. This wasn't yep. taught to them. Yep. And I think they do a business class of maybe booking or accounting purposes, but insurance isn't mentioned. So mm -hmm. I think, and it wasn't even, I was getting submissions from like the same beauty school students. It was all different kinds of beauty schools. And we have three or four really dominant beauty schools in Indiana. And as I was getting uh, their calls and talking to them, I was really hearing the commonality that they didn't know they needed insurance. And yeah. I would ask them questions and they said, no, this wasn't taught to me. And there's two things that stick out there. So of course, one, I want to try to get into to beauty schools and do trainings and education and explaining the differences in general liability and professional liability and why you need them and the differences. But also that's a revolving door of graduation dates. So when they graduate, hopefully they have an agent in mind, me, and that they'll have my information to contact when they're ready. Um, yeah. But my second thought is if you're a student and whether you're starting your own business or your booth renting, like you have a budget yep. and now all of a sudden you need insurance. Well, that could be, depending on your services, it could be $250 or it could be $1,500 for your premium. And now you have a budget and you're doing well and now you need insurance. And now it's like, oh my gosh, like this is a thousand dollars that I didn't budget for. So, yep. I, so my thought was going into beauty schools and I did, and I prospected and I went in and 
I thought it would be something when I went in, well, we'll have to ask corporate, we'll have to get it approved. It would be kind of a long race, marathon race to get into them. And it wasn't. And I would go in, introduce myself. Here's who I am. Here's what I have. Here's what I'm focusing on. I'd love to partner with you and do a quick presentation for your students. And I thought, again, it would be like, well, we'll let you know, or we'll be in touch. And they said, okay, great. When can you come in? Let's get you on the calendar. Amazing. And I'm like, okay. And so the first one, I think it was about a month from when I prospected to when I went in. And now I'm thinking, great. Like I I've made it and I have this date scheduled, but now I have to come up with a presentation. Yeah. I have to come up with like either a PowerPoint or something that explains who I am, why I'm there, why they need me differences in insurance and make sure it's like an hour and quick to the point, but that they understand when they graduate what they need. So again, that was something that was very serendipitous. I would go in and here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. And they'd say, okay, when can you come in? And I never would have expected that it would be quote unquote that easy to get in. That's awesome. But you know, I, one thing I'm hearing is, is that you weren't, I'm not gonna say you weren't afraid, but you, you kind of mapped out all the aspects that the beauty process has, right? Between the education, between the salons, between, you know, uh, this aspect and that aspect. And what you've done is you've knocked on every concept and explored it. And maybe even, so whenever you explore a new concept of being able to tap into that industry, do you talk to one person or do you talk to five? I mean, how, what is kind of your, your process? Cause I know sometimes people will go and they'll talk to one person and maybe they'll, you know, have somebody say, Oh, you know, I don't have time for that right now. Or right now is not a good time or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. I, I really like my agent or something like that. What, how many how many avenues do you tap into before you say you have enough information and or before you make a decision if that's a good avenue for you or not? So I always research the prospects before I go in. I make sure I understand. I follow them on social. And actually, when I was creating everything, because I traveled Indiana, I was very familiar with like the bigger cities and the bigger salons and spas and schools there. So I made just an Excel sheet of, okay, in this city, like in Indianapolis, here's the spas and the plastic surgeons and the dermatologists and the hairstylists. So when I would be close to those areas, I would have a list of, okay, I already have businesses to prospect and I already follow them on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or both. And I would, if I was around, I'd I would know their business, but I'd want to be sure. And I would look at their services. What do they offer? What do they focus on? What have they posted on recently? Where have they, have they gotten a dog? Have they gotten a new service? Has, have they had a new salon professional join the family? Like, so I would always make sure I would go in, introduce myself, somehow draw like, Hey, I know your business. I'm following your business. Tell me more about, Hey, I saw you got a puppy. Tell me his name. Tell me how that's going and making sure that I wasn't just there selling. Like I want to be there as mm-hmm. your advocate, as Connecting. a friend. Yes. And making Love sure it. like, you know, they weren't just an afterthought to me. Like I made a day of it to come see you and your business and meet you and understand your business. And- you know, I am just super impressed because I think that you just run with something that I think a lot of people would have been very intimidated to run with, especially being so new in the insurance industry. How did you step over that fear? Because did you ever have that conversation in your head? Hey, Cheeky, I'm only like two months into this industry and I 
girl, just go sit down in that chair, go work that claim. You know, just, did you ever have that thought? Because I would have, I would have been like, oh, I'm the new kid on the block, right? Who am I to walk my happy tushy into this office and be able to present this idea? I would have, I would have probably talked myself out of it before I even got there. I would have been like, you know what? Once I hit my one year and maybe if I win an award for like the very best claims adjuster, claims person ever on the planet, then maybe. How did you... Walk your rear end in there and start this process with such confidence and be able to take off with what it is that, um, that, that, I mean, because, because it seems like they gave you a little bit of room and you just ran with it and then they gave you more room and then you ran with it. And then, so you are just proving to them over and over and over and over and over again, that you are the right person for this, for them to invest in you for, right? How, how did you get to that point? Because getting over that that, that inner conversation of, oh, I've only been here two months or, or whatever. I, I think it just came out of me. I don't think I put a lot of thought into it and it was super organic and it was just like a, Hey, do we insure med spas? And it was just a simple, quick Mm -hmm. question that turned into, and I've always said, thank you so much for supporting this idea. I mean, even two months into it, when we were still figuring out the marketing and the name. And I mean, I've always been very thankful and noticed that they could have said no. They could have said, no, we don't do that. We don't want to do that. That's not something we're interested in. So I'm fully aware that they could have said no. Um, The fear getting over, everyone here is so supportive and helpful. So if I ever have questions and I'm, I'm like you said, I'm newer and I'm not afraid to say, I don't understand that. I don't know that. I'll do my research and I'll Google it or figure it out. But if I can't find the answer, I'm not afraid to ask. Or if someone's saying, can you add this or do this? And I'm like, okay, can you explain that to me? Because I want to learn. I genuinely want to learn the verbiage. I wanted to learn the ins and outs. And I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm never going to know everything because it's always an evolving industry, but I just, I'm always, okay, tell me more, help me with this. And upfront, if I don't know something, I'll ask the question. Um, But my marketer, Michelle, Without her, with without her, the policies wouldn't be where they are. She's amazing at helping me and figuring out. We brought on PPIB, and she's helped me figure out that application process. And I mean, it really is. Even though I might be the face and the creator of Beauty Queen, the agency is behind me. They're supportive. Anything I have questions about, need they've been amazing. So it really is like a family here. And I love the fact that they've let you really brand you and your dream. And it hasn't been, I mean, like if I go to your LinkedIn page right now, which I've got it like behind a little zoom thing, it says, mm-hmm. you know, your, 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 your LinkedIn, whatever you want to call it, subtitle, whatever that thing is, president creator of beauty queen insurance from med spas to microblading, hair salons to hair transplants, lash extensions to lash lifts and so much more. We insure all things beauty. Nowhere in there are you pumping, I mean, you are part of the agency 100%, but they're letting you really build your brand. They're letting you really build your mission, really building your, 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 your conversation with the, with your community. It's not like you're saying a division of, or, you know, oh, we're, you know, all these other things, because like you were saying, they were really focused on contractors and plumbers and all these other things. So then to be all of a sudden have a beauty division is so odd to a lot of people that you really have been able to have that, that, that voice of your own and that you have so much 
autonomy over your branding and your coloring and so forth of your brand. I'm super impressed with that. And as an agency owner, that just shows me what, if I get the right person in that position, what they could really, really do. And that encourages me to be able to find the right person to be able to do that from my perspective, you know, and to watch those traits that you have exhibited because they've really encouraged you and supported you, but they've let you run with it. And I think that's awesome. Yes. They have just said whatever, obviously if I need something or have questions, they're going to be there. But when I was creating the beauty card, the beauty queen uh, business cards, I would ask Brian, do you want input on this? Do you want to know how it looks on the colors? And he's like, you can include me, but I'm not your target market. He's a, you know, retired army vet and bald guy, muscular man, (laughs) right? He's not going to be this target market. So uh, he's like, I can help, but I'm not really the person you need to ask. So, um, you know, I'd ask people around the agency, but I do make sure it is on the, it is on the business card. We're a division of Smith, Sawyer Smith, because in Rochester, Smith, Sawyer Smith's a big name. And we've been around, their agency has been around almost a hundred years, family owned, and it has a really, really neat history and been on the same block in Rochester, Indiana for almost a hundred years. So it's not a new agency. And that's also comforting. So when I was newer and I was getting new quotes and policies, if I didn't know, I would let that ensure know, you know, I'm going to follow up on this because I want to make sure I have the right answer for you. And I have a whole team behind me who have been in the industry for years. So let me follow up. And I learned that, you know, a long time ago in the beauty industry where it's like, don't ever lie. Don't fake it. Don't make up an answer. Like figure, just say, Hey, that's a great question. Let me get back to you. And I still have that where somebody asked a question and I said, let me follow up on that and I'll find out for you. And then I'll ask, I mean, anyone in the agency is always super helpful for me. But I mean, right now, the, there's a lot of my thing that I need to work on is patience. I don't have a lot of patience. And as I'm getting <laughs> as I'm getting quotes and calling and people call, like I said, all over the United States for quotes, I want to make sure that we're getting quotes to them in a timely manner. And yep. sometimes when you're working with a broker and it takes a long time to get a quote yeah. and everybody's a lot of excess to surplus. It's a lot of non-standard. It so is. you got to wait it, on. Yeah you got to wait on them to be able to respond back to you. And that is frustrating. Do you, do you find that that by setting that expectation that it's going to take a little bit of time to get everything together and really talking to your client that they're pretty patient with that? Yes. Most of the time when I do their uh, application for a quote, I finish I finish the call, say, okay, it's going to be five to eight business days for PPIB to get a quote back. We have other carriers that we work with that could be back before that. Um, I always make sure they know, and they're usually not in a hurry, but also they like having that update. So if I submit an application on a Monday and I don't have it by Friday, I let them know, Hey, I'm checking on the status of this. I'm hoping to have something for you next week. And that's really what they appreciate. They just like knowing that I'm working on it. I'm trying, I haven't forgot about their quote or their application and I'm, trying to find out the status. And that really has gone a long way because a lot of people don't, or if you apply online, you don't have a person that is your advocate or you don't know where your quote is. You don't know how long it's going to be. And then you have to call a 1-800 number. And instead you can just, you know, let me handle it. And I I think having the, keeping them updated, letting them know I'm doing everything I can. They totally understand. They understand everyone's working from home. 
it's still COVID and things take longer and it's just been a different way of doing business. So things take longer. And most of the time they totally understand. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? If anybody can reach out to you, if if anybody wants to reach out to you specifically, Crystal, tell us how they can reach out to you, how they can connect with you, how maybe they can pick your brain about something. How can they connect with you in a way that is most appropriate and timely for you? Absolutely. So of course, follow on Facebook and Instagram, Beauty Queen Insurance. Uh, Follow me on social. My name's Crystal Fox. Not hard to find probably. Um, And then email is cfox at smithsawyerins.com. I believe that's on my LinkedIn page as well. And I know it's on my Instagram page. The phone number, the best phone number to contact the office is 844-777-2746. I love it. And you know what? I would love to have you on in another year to kind of see how this has kind of grown and how, you know, everything's kind of evolving. Cause I love the fact that you're in the middle of creation and launching and you've had such success. And I would love to see where you are in a year. I think that'd be great. We're actually going to try to put that on the calendar here pretty soon. So that way I'm actually going to put it on my calendar, at least to be able to circle back and, and make sure we do a follow-up because I think watching people grow in this insurance space is phenomenal. And especially when people can combine their passion, their personal passion and insurance. I love that because I think that's where we reach on out to people and businesses. And that's where people can feel it. They can feel that, that passion. And then they want to work with you so much more rather than just humdrumming, you know, oh, it's a job, you know, when people can mm-hmm. combine their passion, it, it comes through every pore of their body. And I think too, like to pivot from the beauty industry to insurance. Well, you could pivot from the restaurant industry to insurance or yep. car salesman yep. to insurance because you know that business. And if you've been in it for so long, you know what to look for. You're easily identifiable when you go in and prospect. So finding that niche is just, it's not work then, you know, you're passionate about it and you love it. And that comes through you and people feel that. And a lot of people have agents where they don't understand what microblading is. I've seen a lot of policies yep. rated as a beauty salon when they're doing microblading and yes, that premium is going to be lower, but if something happens, you're basically just setting your money on fire because that premium won't cover if you have a claim and they don't know that the insurers don't know that the agents don't know that they look at it. Well, it's a beauty service. It's a hair salon. Well, no, it's not. And having somebody like me knowing the difference and advocating for you, your premium might be higher. It might not be, but you have me in your back pocket. You have an agency in your back pocket that will be here for you. That will answer your call when you need help the most. Yes, yes. And he'll write you the coverage the right way, you know, and make sure that you're not just, like you said, putting a thousand dollars per year on fire, you know, kind of thing. And that that's not good for anybody. No. Well, Crystal, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for responding on LinkedIn. Thank you for reaching out and connecting, um, for being able to get on my online calendar and schedule a time that worked. I am excited about what you're doing in the industry and I'm excited that we're able to share it today with other people. This has been phenomenal. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for asking me to be on. It's been so much fun and I can't wait to follow up in a year and see what I've accomplished. 
I love it. Well, everybody, this is another amazing episode. Today, we've been with Crystal Fox, the uh, beauty queen insurance woman, and we are pumped and excited to be able to talk to her today. Remember, we do have another episode every single Wednesday. Follow us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you stream any of your favorite podcasts. Give us a review. Let other people know how we're making a difference in the insurance industry and reach out to our guests. Tell them how amazing they are and how impressed with them you are as well, because together we make the industry better everybody i'll talk to you next week and have a fabulous day bye-bye